This is Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Welcome to Leadership in Motion. In this episode, we'll discuss gut feelings. Gut feelings, when something inside you tells you that there's something wrong here, um, more than likely there's something wrong here. And that's a very fascinating subject because everybody has experienced gut feelings at one time or other in their life. Sometimes we don't even notice it. Sometimes it's subconsciously that we get these feelings that, you know what, I really don't feel comfortable about this situation, this place, this person, or whatever the type of uh, situation it is, that all of a sudden you, you get this, like, this feeling in your stomach that there's something wrong. Sometimes you get a feeling not only in your stomach, but you can also feel the hair on your on your hands and and arms rise. And, and as I'm what's so crazy about it, as I'm talking to to you about this, I'm actually getting that because of what I'm going to tell you a little bit further down in this episode. It's a feeling, an, an emotion that you get that is trying to warn you about something. Gut feelings is not something just predicated to bad things happening in your life. It can also give you uh, premonitions or instinct about some opportunities. One of the things when I was doing the research on gut instinct, gut emotions, gut feelings, I, I came across this whole entire view of yin and yang, the Chinese symbol. And if you actually do the research on yin and yang, it's, it's basically a symbol of two different elements, risks and opportunities. Risks and opportunities. So risk, you're talking about dangers, hardship, discomfort, losses, dissatisfaction. That's symbolized in one of the, symbol, one of the elements of yin and yang. The other is about fortune, wealth, relationship, as positive relationships, wins, and satisfaction. So when I was, and I don't think it's really related, but it's, I find it kind of curious how your gut feelings warns you or gives you information or I'm not sure how else to describe it about risks and opportunities. Now, when you think about gut feelings, Think about how many times have you ever heard this saying? And for you young people, I'm sure, you know, you probably heard some old folks say it and you probably don't really understand what they're saying or what it means and stuff. When somebody says, I have a gut feeling about this, or they say that I'm going with my gut, or have a feeling in my stomach, or have a nervous stomach, everything's always related to a person's stomach, a person's gut, a gut feeling. Another way to also describe it is basic instinct. Basic instinct. And if you think about it, these feelings that you get are trying to warn you about something or give you a heads up about something, whether it's positive or negative. And those feelings are real. Those feelings are, are totally real. As I was doing my research... I found that um, 
microbiologists and researchers from around the world found that there are micro cells in your brain that basically help you to determine things, you know, help your brain function. And what's so crazy about it is that they also found the exact type of microcells living in your gut. So if you think about it, and some speculate that those microcells that are in your brain that also exist in your gut are performing the same function. Think about it. Your, your gut is another brain, if you really think about it. If you have similar cells in your brain as you do in your gut, and they're basically connected through a, a neurological um, network that basically is sending messages to your brain, you know, it's, it's pretty fascinating to think about that you have this system working for you sometimes subconsciously, most of the time subconsciously, sometimes consciously where you can actually tell that there's something, something wrong, something wrong. And I want you to think about a situation where you were put, either you went someplace or, or you met somebody, and, and something inside of you, something inside your head, something basically says, you know, I, just, I really don't like this person. There's something wrong with this person. And, and it's kind of like warning you. It's telling you of something that can happen. I'm going to tell you a little story about what happened to me and, and actually a couple of experiences that I've had with my gut feeling. I remember working for a postal service, and in our post office, we had about 52 carriers and so many different types of people, and we a very, very diverse group of people. But I always remember this one individual. His name was David. And this individual, he, he was kind of a... I, I really would say kind of out there, a little bit of a looney tune or something. You know, he, he'd come in um, and he would start cursing at people. And I was always, every time I saw David, I, I had this bad feeling about this guy. I honestly had this bad feeling. And, and of course, you know, here I am sorting my mail, trying to sort it as fast as I can because... I really don't want to be here too, too long with um, David, who's about a couple of uh, cases away from me, and while well, he's yelling and just talking to himself, and, and every so often, right, you know, he would say, you know, somebody should come in here and shoot everybody. And I'm like, oh, God, no. My, my, I would have this feeling in my gut, and it would feel like stress. Have you ever did like about 100 sit-ups? And you know that feeling that you get in your in your belly, in your guts, in your in your abs that you know it's it's like a tense feeling. That was the feeling that I was always getting around this guy, David. And one time I told the manager, you know what? I don't know, I'm gonna tell you honestly, but I have this feeling David is either gonna be suicidal or homicidal. I, I guarantee you. I have this strange feeling about it. It's in my gut. And, of course, the, the manager said, well, you know, you don't know about people. You really don't know. It's just a, just a feeling that you have. But there's nothing, nothing there. I think he's just harmless. Okay, that went on. One day, David came back from delivering his route. And on his postal uniform, he had blood on his postal uniform. Apparently, David got into a fight with a customer 
on his route, and he came back bloodied, and I think he had blood coming out of his nose, and, and I thought to myself, this can't be good. This really can't be good. And I thought to myself, you know, now this guy is got into a fight, and now he came back all bloody, and he's always talking about that somebody should come in here and shoot everybody in this post office. And I thought to myself, you know, I, I, I need to put, put away my stuff and go home. I just want to get myself out of this situation. The very next morning, we find out that David went to a bridge in Chicago and uh, jumped into the river. And he actually drowned in the river. In a way, it was sort of like my gut feeling, you know, was telling me, warning me that there's danger. And like I told the boss, this guy's either going to be suicidal or homicidal. I, I, I just have a feeling about it. And fortunately enough, he wound up being suicidal rather than homicidal and nobody else got hurt except for himself. But it was that feeling I had that feeling, and my, like I said, my, the hairs on my arm would actually rise, and the hair in the back of my neck would actually rise, and, and I would have this nervous feeling. And then I thought to myself, you know what? It was something that my gut was telling me, you know, was warning me about. And that has happened to everybody. And have, if you've ever been in a situation where, you know, you're, you're someplace and something is not right. Something just doesn't seem right. Something you have a very, you have like a premonition. You have a premonition probably that, you know, maybe I need to extricate myself from this location, from this place. And, you know, and you may have taken, the, you know, the, the chance and stayed there, or you may have actually followed your gut and actually left. And then so find out later on, oh yeah, something happened at that place and this and that, you know. And it was because it was because you followed your gut instinct, your gut feeling, to extricate yourself from that situation. And that happens all the time. That happens all the time. There's another situation that I had, and that was when I was working as a manager of distribution operations at at a plant. And in this plant, I had 450 employees. I had 30 supervisors, and I had my manager's office, and my office door led out to the workroom floor. Now picture this in your mind. As I go out the, the door, there are tables where people are working, actually sorting mail by hand. And then so just beyond that, there's machines sorting mail and, and people moving mail left and right. And, you know, there's a lot of operations going on, a lot of people doing work all the time. And there was a gentleman by the name of Ken. And I use that word lightly gentlemen and this individual would be to the right of the door as I'm exiting going out to the working floor working on a table and in this area of the post office of the plant is an area where people that are on limited duty or light duty or on physical profiles would work and he would work there because he had this profile and I'm not going to go ahead and say the person's name, but his profile actually described Ken as having physical limitations that he could not sit, stand, stoop, 
lean over, lean backwards, pick up things, move things, uh, push, push, pull, move things left or right. In other words, it basically described that he can't physically do anything because of his physical disability, whatever. And it was, and if you actually were to read this, and I'm sure you've met a few people like this in your organization, in your company where you work, that basically cannot do anything because of their disability or limited uh, mobility status and stuff. So on paper, this individual was, you know, I, I, I would actually say kind of like a vegetable, can't physically do anything. But one of the things that I always remember about Ken was that he was like about 5'9", and I'm about 5'5". Five five. I'm not tall at all. This guy's about 5'9", and flaming red hair, and bright blue eyes, and this flaming red beard, and, and every time... I would walk in that direction. Again, I would have that feeling of my hair rising on my arm, my my hair on the back of my neck, you know, rising and this gut feeling and stuff. And so what happens is, is that I kept on getting that feeling all the time, all the time. So I made it a habit. If I was going out to the workroom floor, I would go out the door, go to the left, <laughs> go all the way around the plant. And if I had to go someplace, you know, on the right side, I come all the way around and actually go and see how the operations are performing, how things are going on, because I had this gut feeling about this individual. And again, you know, I would tell the plant manager, you know, I had an experience like this before, an individual that really kind of scared me to my gut, that I had a feeling was going to be either suicidal or homicidal. And this plant manager, the same as the other manager, would say, well, you know, you know, that's just the way he is, right? You know, he's harmless. He really is. But he, too, had also made comments about that somebody should come in and shoot people at this post office and do this and that. And, you know, but my gut feeling was like, you know, just do whatever I can to avoid this person, avoid the area that he's around because I was always afraid that something was going to happen. And, you know, and I'm not really afraid of anybody, but I'll follow my guts. If my guts tell me, hey, you know, there's something wrong here, follow. I follow my guts. One day, Ken was driving on a highway. He had his wife right next to him on the, in the car. He had his daughter in the back seat. And somebody cut him off as he's trying to get off the expressway. And I guess it was pretty close, and Ken got really upset and followed the car up to a stoplight. When the car stopped, Ken got out of the car. And he approached the driver's car door and started kicking the door and started hitting it. And hit. And the guy came out of the car to confront Ken. Now, Ken pulls out a Bowie knife, and if Anyone is a hunter out there, anybody knows what a Bowie knife is. It's a pretty long knife. It basically has like this jagged edge at the top. It's basically meant to cut open deers or anything that you're hunting. You know, it's a, a hunter would actually take a Bowie knife out to a field and and actually do whatever. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a hunter, so I don't know what they do. But they actually gut, you know, animals. So... 
Ken pulled out a Bowie knife and just started stabbing this guy in broad daylight in front of witnesses, people all over the place, seeing what's happening, calling the police, jotting down the, the license plate number and everything. He stabbed this individual so many times, so many times, that witnesses on the scene saw all this, this man's intestines on the street. When the ambulance came by later on, and you know they were trying to see about if they can save somebody, they were like, "There's just nothing. There's nothing they can do. This this person's all his internal organs are just spilled all over the, the street." Ken got into his vehicle and drove back to his house. Fortunately enough, people saw the license plate number. The, they called the police, and the police went and uh, arrested him at his house. And what's so crazy about it is that if you think back, his profile said that he couldn't physically do anything. And that was the perception that he was carrying on, that he was disabled and this and that. But he was totally able to go ahead and stab and gut somebody out in the street. And I really don't like to have an episode about, you know, blood and guts or something like that. But what I'm trying to get across is to follow your gut instinct. Go Follow that feeling that you have in your gut. If something tells you, hey, this isn't right, this is something wrong here, there is something seriously wrong here, follow your instinct. Follow that instinct because it can save your life. It really can save your life. Uh, I was talking to a young lady one time, right? And this is, again, this is uh, going back, to, you know, on the same topic of gut feeling. This young lady, she hadn't had a boyfriend in a long time, and she was really lonely, and she was 22 years old, and she met someone that was twice her age. And the guy asked if she wanted to be his girlfriend. And she had a gut feeling about this relationship, you know, the prospects of this relationship, that this person is, is twice her age. And she was like, you know what, something's telling me not to, not, not that it was, he was a bad guy. It was just that she thought that this relationship wasn't going to work out, wasn't going to work out. So, but she decided to go ahead and have a relationship with this person. And despite the fact that her parents, brothers, sisters, other people said, you know what, you're sort of kind of wasting your time with this guy because, one, he's twice your age, two, Two, he's already divorced. His kids are already grown up. You know, he's already at that point in his life where he's not going to want to start a family, have kids, and, you know, join the PTA because he's been there, done that. He's over that, you know. So she had this feeling that, well, maybe the relationship, you know, wasn't going to be a good relationship. But she thought that, well, maybe it, it might work out. But... Six years later, he broke up with her, and she said that if she would have followed her gut instinct, she wouldn't have wasted six years of her life in a relationship that was going to amount to nothing. Despite the fact that everybody else can see that this was going to be a bad situation, a bad relationship, this relationship wasn't going to amount to anything, she could not see that. I guess that saying, love is blind... It's true, but I think following your gut feelings, if she would have followed her gut feelings and said, you know what, let's just be friends and 
just let it be at that. She might have met somebody that she could have had a better relationship with and probably a family. So she regrets not following her gut instinct, her gut feeling. And and that happens. Sometimes, you know, you know, you have to follow your gut feelings. And the thing about it is that gut feelings is not just a bad thing. It's not basically a premonition, uh, intuition of something that's going to be bad in your in your life. It can be something also very positive. It can also be very positive. As I was doing my research, I came across this TED Talk, and I, I really enjoy listening to TED Talks. I, I like listening to other people's perspectives. I like just listening to other people's experiences, especially when it comes to leadership, when it comes to how they, you know, rose from nothing to, to something. And and in this situation, I decided, you know what, let's see if I can find something on gut feelings and how somebody used their gut feelings to be very successful. Someone that you probably wouldn't have thought that would, would have been successful became very successful in, in his life. And I came across this YouTube video of a gentleman by the name of Magnus Walker. Magnus Walker. And... You probably don't recognize the name. I never recognized the name. I didn't even know who this gentleman was. But I decided to listen to his, to his uh, TED Talk. And he even said that, you know, when they invited him to do this TED Talk, he says he doesn't even know why they want him to do this. But, but it's very inspirational. And he, he got about 7 million views already. And I think what happens is that this is a good example of how following your gut feelings, following your gut instinct can actually help, you know, a person. Now, Magnus, he lived in England, and he left high school at the age of 15 and basically just went off on his own, and he didn't really know what to do. He was trying to find himself. He he really, leaving high school at 15, no college, no experience, nothing, there was really nothing in his future. He thought that he was basically going to amount to nothing. But he had this opportunity to go to the United States. So he came over to the United States. He went to um, Los Angeles, and he was working a construction company. And and I'm going to just briefly talk about his story, but if you really want to hear a very inspirational story, go ahead and look him up. So one time, he went into the store, and he bought these pair of alligator pants, and the way he described them was that the alligator pants that, that he bought, you know, he thought, well, yeah, Los Angeles is really trendy and this and that, but they really didn't, they didn't fit right. So he sewed up the, the pants in, in a certain way. And as he's going through Los Angeles, and, and he went into this punk heavy metal shop, and, and the retail manager there liked his pants. He says, wow, where, where did he get those pants? So he thought up, um, oh, he got them in England. He says, you know what? You give me eight pairs of those, right? I'll pay you $25 each. So he went back. He sewed up those uh, eight pairs of pants. And in one day, he made more selling pants than he did in a whole entire week of construction. He followed his gut. He thought, okay, this, this might be lucrative. And he... He actually created 
a whole entire line of clothing called serious clothing. His clothing became so popular that people like Alice Cooper and Madonna and other heavy metal performers of that time was basically ordering clothes from him. And before you know it, this high school dropout, at the time he was 17 years old, created a clothing industry, a clothing line, and he was very, you know, became, became wealthy selling clothing. And then so he decided, you know what, he paid for t two uh, buildings that he actually was renting. He decided he wanted to go ahead and, and find his own building, someplace where he can live and actually, you know, create his uh, more clothing line and stuff. So he found this one building in this artsy part of Los Angeles that nobody really wanted to, to go to. And one day somebody asked him, hey, can you rent out the location to film a video? And then so all of a sudden, this, again, I can't help but emphasize, this 17-year-old high school dropout, he created a clothing line, a clothing brand, and now he's in the film location business, making a lot of money doing that. And he had this passion for Porsches and restoring Porsches. And Porsche actually reached out to him. Because by then, a lot of people knew his clothes, knew him, and became v very famous in that line of, of, of work, clothing, film industry, and now restoring Porsches. This guy made a fortune by following his gut instinct. Following his gut instinct. When everybody else says, hey, you know what, that's not going to work, nah, I don't think that plan's going to work for you, or this or that. He followed his gut instinct and it became very wealthy. And like I said, uh, take a look at his TED Talk. It's very inspirational. I really enjoyed listening to him. He's kind of a kind of a character. He looks kind of a, a character with a long hair, long beard. But the thing about it is he followed his instinct. He followed his feeling in his gut that he was going to be successful doing this or that. And sure enough, it, it actually worked out. It actually worked out. So... Following your gut instinct is not just about danger. It's about opportunities. There's opportunities out there that you need to go ahead and, and embrace. And follow that gut instinct that you have. I, I remember when I was in um, New Hampshire, I, was I, I moved from Chicago to, to San Antonio, from San Antonio to New Hampshire. And then so, I guess financially, I thought to myself, you know what? I really don't really like being here because... If it takes two paychecks and you're buying groceries off of a, a credit card, you're probably not in a good situation. So I decided to go ahead and leave my job with the Postal Service and go and move back to San Antonio, Texas, where the cost of living was much better. And I thought to myself, you know, I have this feeling in my gut, okay, this is going to be kind of a risk or something, but I, this is my gut feelings that I'm going to go down, I'm going to move down there. I'm going to buy a nice big house. The kids are going to be in a nice school. And I'm going to get a nice job. And everything's going to be very nice. I, I followed that. I had that feeling, that instinct in my stomach and stuff. And when I told this to my brother, my brother says, wow, that's the most stupidest, <laughs> irresponsible thought. You have no prospects of a job. You have no prospects of a home. You have absolutely nothing. But yet you're just going to get up and 
go move relocate dislo- dislocate your your family bring them all over there, back to San Antonio back to Texas with no prospects of anything that's the most stupid irresponsible you know thought and after a few good choice words uh, I thought to myself you know what thank you and I'm just gonna follow my gut feelings I'm gonna follow my gut instinct that this is gonna work out this is going to work out so I rented a 23 foot U-Haul and and that was the first you know part of my, our move and brought all my my stuff over here had to put everything in storage went back and got a 16 foot U-Haul and again loaded that this time around had the wife and kids and and we moved all the way from New Hampshire back to San Antonio but I had that this gut feeling that everything is going to work out. Everything is telling me there's an opportunity here. There's good opportunities here. You're going to be okay. And sure enough, just like I thought, my gut feelings was right. My kids were in a better school. We were in a house that was twice the size of the place that we were staying in in New Hampshire. And I got a good paying job. I got a good paying job. I was able to retire from the military and and now everything was comfortable. Everything was good. The opportunities were there. And that was because I had that gut feeling that I had to go ahead and, and do this to make our situation better. So gut feeling is not something just about something bad, a premonition about something bad, but it's also about opportunities that you have in front of you that you need to go ahead and take, despite the fact that there are others that are going to say, you know what, that seems kind of dumb, that seems this and that and all that. Follow your gut instinct. Because when you follow your gut instinct, you can't go wrong. You really can't go wrong. So think to yourself, how many times have you followed your gut instinct and it actually worked out? How many times? And I'm sure there's quite a few times because it happens to everybody. And like I said, sometimes it's conscious. You know it. You can feel it. Sometimes it's unconscious where, you know what? Wow, I didn't even think about it. But I took that opportunity and sure enough, this happened. Or I didn't follow my gut instinct. And wow, something, something bad happened. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost your money. Maybe you did something that, you know cause discomfort or hardship or something. But like I said, it's it's just like that yin-yang symbol. It's risks and opportunities. And we need to go ahead and minimize the risks and enjoy all the opportunities that we have. Embrace those opportunities. If you feel that it's right, you know what? Let's go ahead and do it. It's going to work out. It really will. And like I said, there's plenty of information out there on the internet about gut feelings. And Magnus Walker is a really good inspirational um, person because he came from nothing. He had nothing. And if you really think about, you know, a high school dropout, they had they started off with absolutely nothing and embraced all the opportunities that his gut feelings told him about and actually became very wealthy in the process. What's what's holding you back? So, take a look, take a look at those um, gut feelings. Embrace those opportunities, and I wish you the very best of luck. 
And I'd like to thank you very much for listening to our podcast. And if you'd like to drop us a line, it's leadershipinmotion036 at gmail.com. And if you visit our website, our Patreon page, our Patreon page is there. Um, what we're going to try to do is to try to create an outreach program, a training program for people to go ahead and maybe get online and actually click on some of the podcasts and maybe uh, just get some information for a day-to-day basis, something that can inspire you to to move forward, start thinking about things that you can do to be a better leader at, at home, rest or play, wherever you know life takes you. I'd like to thank you, and as always, Take the lead today for a better tomorrow. This has been Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Please subscribe to our podcast.